I love microdosing. I love microdosing. Yesterday, I needed to go practice my drums and I popped a little microdose gummy and I'll tell you what happened. I drummed for about a good two hours. That's fabulous. Yeah. I was looking at our new roof, hoping that it wasn't going to leak and I got some anxiety about it. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to take a gummy just to calm down so I can go to sleep and not worry about this. And I did and I had a great night's sleep and I woke up and there was no leak. I've noticed a change in you for the, a positive change. I like to hear that. Yeah. I feel like your mood is like very centered. I'm sleeping much better. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just that right amount of good. And you can get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com promo code pants. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com promo code pants for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com promo code pants. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. Listen, everybody, just a, a word of advice here. When you call in with your questions, please be concise because we would love to get to as many questions as possible. And the shorter they are, the better they are, which means that we can devote more time to our uh, deep knowledge with our answers. Allie Adler. Allie, are you recording? I don't know. You- Am I recording? <laughs> Do you have, you have stage fright suddenly? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so everybody understands... We're having one of our best friends on because we thought it would be really fun. It's the one, it's the only Allie Adler. She gives who, great advice. Wow. This Alice is a lot of Piazzecki is pretty much based on in my book. Thank you. And isn't that a true story anyway? Because well, your friend Kathy Greenberg wrote. My friend Kathy Greenberg helped uh, co create the original OGL word. Um, and I think for her, Alice was sort of inspired by that. But I think Eileen also has said uh, that certain pieces of Alice have been taken from my being, which is quite a compliment <laughs> given uh, that Leisha is so talented. But then Leisha always calls me and says, um, hey, um, how would you say it? How, um, Allie, how would you say it? Like if you were saying it, how would you say it? <laughs> oh, wait, so you, should, you give her line readings. That ended a while back, but yes, I have done yeah, it you've, many times. You've morphed into this character you've been playing for 15 years. You now have become, <laughs> you've become me. I have. I'm quite Until I see you again and I remember how funny you are and you're way funnier. Don't set the audience up for, for sad failure on my part. <laughs> oh, Allie, I'm going to call you from line. I'm going to call you for uh, line readings from now on. Okay. Um, I don't do Shane. I only do Alice. Shane's not that snarky. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Maybe you can like make sense of something and you'll Shane, say it means this. Shane's way cooler than I am. No, she's not. Yeah. She's how I try to be in, in the world. The Shane swagger. No, you just try to get the haircuts. I don't think you do the swagger thing anymore. You, there was a time. There was a time. Well, I'm, I've swaggered past that time. <laughs> <laughs>
It's okay. We all have. Uh, well, yeah. No, Sh- Shane, what's funny, though, about my darling friend, Kate Menig, is that she is not Shane. And I wish you guys could know Kate, because as cool as Shane is, Kate is like so shy and sweet and smart and gentle. And it's so different than Shane. So anyway, I'm lucky yeah. and, and you're envious. <laughs> Um, also just to like plug you a little you're Mm. an incredible television writer Mm -hmm. slash creator thank you do you want to tell people some of your major projects yeah give us your resume Allie Oh, sure. I'll just go. Well, um, mm-hmm. go in, into it. in 1971, I was, um, no, I mean, I, I have co-created, um, I've co-created a couple of major television programs. One you might be familiar with is uh, Supergirl. That's currently on CW and uh, starring Melissa Benoist. And she plays, you know, a super girl. Um, I co-created that with Greg Berlanti. And then, uh, Leisha was actually cast on one of my projects, another um, TV show that I had on there called The New Normal a few years ago that I co-created with Ryan Murphy. She was cast as lesbian couple. <laughs> <laughs> and she, she was married to Constance Zimmer, who's so incredible nice. an actor. Yeah. Hot couple, right? Yeah. Leash, were you a regular on the show? I'm well, sorry. I no, wish for more. Was... We should have spun you off. I got... <laughs> I got really excited when you had me audition for that, and I got the part. I didn't have you audition for that. You oh, you did it. Uh, yeah. Like, did you just give it to me? Yeah, I gave it to you. So I didn't see. I read for you Done. though for something else. I had to. Co- I had to audition for you once. Do you think you can play a gay woman? Huh. I wonder <laughs> if you can. Let me look back on the vast tape. Um, Yes, you did audition for me on a show called No Ordinary Family that I was executive producer on, but did not okay, create. That's what, that I was got him. John Feldman's show and, and Greg Berlanti's show. But uh, yeah. I just did. remember being really nervous to audition for you because you're like my best friend. I love you. And I was like, how do we do this? And you, I remember you were so professional in the room. I had to pretend to be someone else. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we both pretended we didn't know each other. Yes, nice and you were to meet like, you, Alicia. We call each other Quad. It's an old joke, but we, I, you were like, Quad, you have to come in and just, you don't know me. And I'm like, okay. Well, you're going to have to tell the backstory of Quad because otherwise it sounds incredibly impolitic. It's um, so dated, okay. though. It's very dated. That's why we still use it. As someone who has listened to you call each other Quad for, what are we, going on 20 years now? It's incredibly yeah. dated, that nickname. That's why we no, like it's, it. It's also incredibly impolitic. So let's say why, just so that we don't sound insane. Quad is a, a foursome of people, right? Uh, not mm-hmm. a couple, but a quad. So we're not like, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so she, she used to be with uh, a young lady and I previously was with a young lady and we'd go out to dinner and we'd hang out all the time and we'd go for adventures and uh, travel together and call each other on the phone. And when we did, back when people called each other on the phone, we'd say, hey, Claude, how are you? Because it didn't matter which one of the four we were talking to. We were all this great, happy friend family of four. Right. And then we all tr- tragically had awful breakups. And then we had terrible <laughs> breakups within like two weeks of each other. <laughs> and we just hung on to it because it was funny. Well, for a while, we, I tried to call you Leisha, but it just didn't work. Sounds weird. Yeah. yeah. And so, so we now, still do it 20 something years later. Thank you, Quad. 
Do you want to? Oh, do you want to tell everyone about Phil Donahue? I think that's a fun oh, story God. about you. Come oh, on. God. It just thinks he's had 100 years okay, old. Someone could YouTube it, maybe. But Phil Donahue was a uh, talk show host in the 1980s and 90s and I, maybe even 70s. But when you say you were on the Wait, Donahue. Isn't it sad that you have to even say who Phil Donahue was because some people don't even know what he is? It's like saying Oprah Winfrey, like who, like in 2030, who was Oprah Winfrey? Like you have to go right. back and look at panels. But Phil was an incredible, um, you know, interviewer at uh, and talk show when it wasn't salacious. It wasn't, it was just about politics and the world at large and culture. And he was this uh, guy. And uh, backing up a bit from Phil is when I was in school, um, in the old days at UCLA, uh, me and some friends of mine, uh, created the first lesbian sorority. And we went, we filed a commission with the UCLA, whatever Greek board was. And we got all this publicity because we were like this out gay sorority. And so we landed on the Phil Donahue show. And, uh, it was kind of a big deal because, you know, like, well, a, my grandmother stopped speaking to me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, but B, we were the face of gay at a time where there were no, you know, out fresh faces of gay. I think this was pre Ellen. This was pre who, you know, it was post Stonewall and pre Ellen. So that whole time it was like, it was even before Melissa Etheridge and those guys. So it really was, you know, when Ellen talks about that she is the queen of lesbians. To me, it's always made by the people who came before her, including you guys. And uh, so I was the people before you. And and we went on the Donahue show with fresh faced and eager, eager eyed. And, uh, you know, and summarily my grandmother cut me off, but it was, it was worth it. Ultimately. I got a lot of mail because it was mail back then, real mail that said, you know, we changed something really positively in, in people's lives, in their households and, uh, showed, you know, parents that didn't understand what gay people could look like. Mm. It's amazing. I've seen it. You've shown it to me. It's incredible. It's embarrassing. You're such a little baby too. No, it's not. No, it's it's embarrassing that I've shown that to you. I apologize. I'm living on my own. I think I begged you. I think I begged you. Okay. Guess what? Anyone can find it now. It's all right. It's I'm going to find it when we're done with this episode. I don't think you can find Phil Donahue. I can find anything. I'm scared. On the internet. What were you called, by the way, at your sorority? Lambda Delta Lambda, the nation's first okay. lesbian sorority. This is actually so funny. Wait. So I was watching it with some girl that I had dated many, 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 many years after this experience. And she goes, hey, Someone stopped and asked a question in the audience. Phil would go to the audience and get questions from the audience. And this girl I was dating goes, hey, is that Julie Chen? And you might know Julie Chen as the host of Big Brother. And I was like, no, I don't think it's Julie Chen. Anyway, we we went back and we rewound it. And it was fucking Julie Chen in the audience of the Phil Donahue show asking an interrogatory question of the sorority girls on the stage. So. Yeah, at the time, I I have I have children with Sarah Gilbert, who was then doing the talk, and I texted Sarah because now we text, and I said, Sarah, is did can you ask Julie if she was in the audience of a lesbian sorority and Phil Donahue <laughs> show back in the day? 
And it turns out it was Julie Chen, like who was doing, I guess, wow. the early important work of asking the hard questions. <laughs> she was always a reporter before she was on Big Brother. Was she just randomly there that day? I mean, I think it was, you know, she was a USC student and wanted to ask questions about it. I don't know whether she just wanted to get wow. her face on screen, but she was diligent in her early work. <laughs> wow. That's good. That's um, good stuff. Allie, just to shift gears for a second, you did something that... Um, I, that is always uh, it's always blown my mind. You wrote my favorite nine hundred two one zero episode of any nine hundred two one zero episode. Is it which one? Which one do you think I'm going to say? Well, I'm going to assume you're talking about Euphoria. Yes, all day long. It's a great <laughs> episode. It's 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 iconic. That episode. You're really sweet. Everyone wants no, it to not. be Donna Martin graduates, but it's I not. Did not. It's not my that favorite. One. It's not my favorite. Euphoria was epic and when i found out you wrote it like you took on a whole new meaning to me you're you're just only making the case that i'm a very old lesbian writer but thank no, you i'm <laughs> saying you were iconic for writing that incredible episode do do you want to exchange an egg it's a classic line do you want to exchange an egg that's right that's how brandon got to the rave where then he was dosed with euphoria because you can't but, say ecstasy or mdma right, uh -huh. right. so the, yeah the that was call it now molly Standards and practices said, okay, you could do this episode where Brandon, innocent Brandon, gets dosed with Molly or whatever, but you have to call it something else. So I was trying to figure out what it was called. And I was driving behind this car one day, and in their license, it said U, the letter U, for the number four, E, and A. And I was like, Euphoria, oh my God. So I called it that in the script. And then we had the guy like make t shirts that said Euphoria. As if you go to a, a rave a club and the guy has like ecstasy. With you for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cocaine. <laughs> right. Heroin right here. Yeah. It's a little Crack. unrealistic, but yeah. <laughs> well, listen, you got major points in my book when I found out you wrote that episode. It's charming to know these many years later, Kate, that you're a fan of my, of my work. Huge. Huge. You've also worked on Glee. You're a huge part of Glee. Yeah. Well, Glee, not to come back to my grandmother who never spoke to me again after Phil Donahue show. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, you Sorry, know, I'm I, laughing. It is I sad, always, no, but. it's terrible. But when, what's interesting is that, you know, when I was growing up, it, we weren't out. And if I had seen people like Santana and Brittany on TV when I was young, it would have made me feel okay to be gay. And so when I was privileged enough to become part of the Glee writing staff, Santana was going to come out to play by uh, Naya Rivera, who, you know, God rest her soul. But uh, she was coming out to her grandmother and her grandmother, we called her Abuela. And uh, in and I was sort of writing my own story. I literally wrote the words that I told to to my grandmother when I was coming out and and my grandmother's didn't speak to me anymore. And what was amazing about Glee and about Ryan Murphy was he didn't go back on that. Abuela didn't become loving. Abuela didn't take her in. She just sort of said, you make your choices and I make mine, which is exactly what my grandmother said. Hmm. So, wow. I'm just so happy we live in a culture that is really, really changing. I mean, I look at, um, you know, Generation Q, which we know is for Generation Quad, but uh, <laughs> but it's really for no. Generation Queer. <laughs> and uh, and I just look at you know the the way uh, gay people and transgender people and you know non-binary. It's all just 
amazing the strides that you guys have helped uh, create in the gay community and the queer community. It's pretty amazing. Well, we're we're just happy to be a part of it. You know, Um, I was actually thinking like, when did I meet Leisha and Kate? And I think lesbians don't know years measured in numerals they only know years measured in girlfriends <laughs> so like <laughs> so like you go hey Alicia, i met you when you were with katie lang which is fucking true anyone who doesn't know that look that shit up um but but i did i met her when she was was with katie and i was you know very intrigued obviously Leisha's super pretty and Katie's so super talented. And I thought they were so cute as a couple. And like the, the whatever gossipy rags at that time that were actually in magazines were like, Miss, Miss Prada. What do they call you? Miss Mew Mew. What do they call you? <laughs> they did. Yeah. They did. Miss Mew Mew. Miss, why Miss Mew Mew? Because it was like Miss, Mr. Prada and Miss Mew Mew. It was sort of like. I oh. happen to be wearing it once. I don't know. Okay. Okay. I think you, uh, I think you liked me because you were working on a pilot in Vancouver uh, and we were shooting in Vancouver. Leisha was in LA. I happened to be uh, in Vancouver that weekend and you were pregnant and I took you out and I took you on a wonderful date and I held the door for you and I made sure you got up the stairs. Okay. I mean, and then, you know, you, and you found that. That's not the like first that. time you met. That is not no, the but first it's when I really hung, but no, it's not when we first met, but it's when I, sp- we like bonded. We bonded that day. By the way, Kate was very chivalrous. Alicia ditched me to go back to California. I was literally like 30 weeks. I was 30 weeks pregnant, waddling around Vancouver in flip-flops. It was so hot. And um, Alicia said, oh, come visit me. Come visit me for like three years when she was working on um, The L Word. And I was up there coincidentally working on a show called Life As We Know It. That was on ABC at the time with uh, Kelly Osborne was one of the leads. But I was hugely pregnant. And... Um, very chivalrous Kate Menig stepped in as Shane would to <laughs> cart me around <laughs> to cart me around Vancouver. And we went out for, for seafood and it was like a yeah. full, like it was like the bachelor. Like you took me on a full blown day. It, it was a bachelor date. <laughs> it was really amazing. There was, it was no hometowns. I mean, I, I took you to hometowns. By the way, you're right. It was a very like platonic hometown. Um, be sure to know that Sarah Gilbert, because that was your baby that was in my tummy. But, um, but it was super, super fun. And she took over where Leisha failed. Quad. That's a quad. quad. No, no. That's still a quad. Like Because I had a controlling girlfriend that wanted me to come home every weekend. Right. Wasn't I understand. I understand. But we had fun, okay. Allie. We had the best time. I took you to Granville Island. We took the ferry walked around we went did a little shopping yeah i enjoyed the weather we got some uh we did thrift shopping we hung out i was all over the town yeah you were absolutely that was a good day anyway alicia you missed out you were in i did and i'm sorry i've apologized so many times it's the only fight we've ever had no that's (laughs) it we we can process this now it's fine it's fine Okay, so we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Allie, you're going to help us answer all these amazing questions we get from our listeners because you're such oh, yeah. a smart person. Great. And we need help. Ladies, we can all bond over this one. Imagine a bra that you actually want to wear. They're hard to find. We all know it. We've been through how many bra many. brands? 
Ugh. And you're like, I like this about it, but not this, or they're just uncomfortable. Well, today's sponsor, Honey Love, has revolutionized the bra game. It's real. Say goodbye to underwire and bulky fabrics that trap heat. Honey Love's bras feature supportive bonding that eliminates the need for underwire without sacrificing lift. It's cool. It's like these little, I can't even describe it, like these little bone things. And it's like, I don't know how they do it, but it's brilliant. Plus, they've made fabric that's so soft, it feels like second skin. So you immediately feel and see the difference. So it's next level comfortable. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash pants. Now, after you purchase, they ask you where you heard about them. Please, please support our show and tell them pants sent you. Honeylove.com slash pants. Treat yourself to honey love because you deserve it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Okay, we're back. Hey, Leisha and Kate. Uh, my name's Claire from Sydney, Australia. Um, you guys talk a lot about movies and shows you love. I was wondering if there are any that, like, scare the shit out of you as an adult. <laughs> um, and do you remember the first movie that really scared you as a kid? Mine was Ghostbusters, which is pathetic. Thanks for everything, guys. See ya. Bye. I love this question that's never been asked before. Who wants to go first? Allie, I know exactly what scared me. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Allie. I do, too. Well, first of all, Claire, I'm really excited that you may be into women after your terrible scare from the lady ghost. I mean, that, <laughs> that is that's like Freud City. Um, yeah, I mean, I was really scared of The Shining. That was just a terrifying film for me. There was too much terrible being alone, being at a hotel being chased with a knife the twins oh the mm-hmm. twins were cute <laughs> <laughs> i remember it for me it was an episode of charlie's angels where farrah fawcett keeps really? getting stalked by this yeah all they showed was a black leather glove like a hand and, and it would just kind of appear and do something creepy and i couldn't sleep apparently for like five days my my mom and i talked about it my whole upbringing it was like a good five days I couldn't sleep because I thought there was this black love. I think the first film that scared that, that scared the crap out of me was Alien when the alien comes out of um, Sigourney Weaver. No, it's not Sigourney Weaver. It's actually the he stomach. just died recently. The stomach. Yeah, the stomach. But it was that actor who was really great and he died recently. Anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Paul McCray. Was, no. I'm no. just going to keep guessing people. No, not yet. No. But if you ever say his name, I'll say, yes, it was him that film but i think the film that still to this day scares me and that i actually will never watch again is the exorcist part three well how did you get through one and two i two is terrible one 
scared the crap out of me, but Exorcist Three hit me on some weird cellular level that I've never gotten over. It's, is that is oh. that Damien? Was that Damien? Damien, yeah, Damien. Oh, Damien Omen Three. Is that right? No, no, no. That's the Omen. I'm talking about the Exorcist. Oh, uh, why are Two they both named Oh Damien? Because Father Damien was in The Exorcist, and Damien, and that's a different movie. And Damien was the little deranged boy in 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 The Omen. Got it. Anyway, all right. What's the next one? Hi, Kate and Alicia. My name is Julia, and I hail from Southern California. I am 24 years old and currently work as a dog groomer in Phoenix, and I wanted to call in with a question, but I've been so nervous. (laughs) About five years ago, I was scrolling through the L Word post on Instagram, as one does, (laughs) and found an account dedicated to the show. I messaged the girl who ran the account, and we hit it off. I know, meeting strangers online is, like, so scary to you guys, (laughs) but this turned out great. Turns out we were born only 10 days apart on opposite sides of the country. Years of friendship and long-distance dating ensued, and now we are happily living together, married, and are the proud moms of two dogs and three cats. So, you see, I kind of accredit the L word with changing my life in a huge way. Without it, I wonder if I ever would have met my best friend, my soulmate, and I'm crying. (laughs) And that brings me to my question for you guys. Can you think of a piece of art, whether it be a film, a show, a book, a song, or maybe even a literal piece of art to changing your life? Something that maybe altered your course or changed your way of thinking. I want to thank you guys for being a safe place for a scared teenager like myself growing up. I would see your characters and yourself. My God, I did not want to cry. And it gave me hope that maybe one day everything would be okay. And it is. I'm so thankful to you guys. And I love you so much. I hope this message finds you well. Oh, wow. My God, what a wonderful person. What a wonderful story. Look what the L word did. I I bet there's a lot of L word love stories, you guys. It's all all about being represented in, you know, film. That part I understand. I know. Yeah. It's so important. I mean... For me, my favorite painter is David Hockney. And I remember seeing it um, at the LACMA. There's a, a painting he's done. It's like of Mulholland Drive. And ever since I saw that, I started collecting books and everything he does. And I have a tattoo of one of his sketches on my forearm. And he's, for me, there's something about his art that just, it. I think it inspired me to start painting again and just... um he's just so honest in how he captures people and his portraits. And I just, I don't know, I get very inspired by him. I can't quite say it. I don't know if it changed my life, but it's, he's definitely inspired me. Joe Polnicek on the facts of life. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Like that, that character changed the game for me. Cause that, like, I felt like she was, I was like, she represented me and I was just a young kid and I thought, oh, there are girls like me or somewhat like me on television. This is amazing. And she was a huge hero of mine. I mean, that's that thing about representation being so important in all things, not just, you know, sexuality, but gender and race. It's just invaluable to see someone that looks like you on screen. I mean, when I'm talking about like Santana and Brittany, but on in Supergirl, there's a, a character I created um, named Alex Danvers, who's who's gay. 
and she was like repressed in the first season and then subsequently came out. And it was really beautiful to see how much love this character got. And, um, you know, she's become an empowered superhero herself, this character. And it's just been really amazing to be a part of something that is going to shape, you know, I remember watching like the bionic woman and going, damn, if only she was gay, <laughs> like right. she, she was so hot and, and a strong woman. And, but there weren't a lot of, a lot of gay role models when I was growing up. So thank you both for being them though. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the L word too. I didn't think Joe Polnicek was gay inspired. She was just a tomboy and she rode a motorcycle and she wasn't, you know, prim and she wasn't like incredibly feminine. And that was just a nice thing to see in the eighties. But I, although looking back, her and Blair did have some sexual tension. Nice. Just, you know, I mean, come on. A hundred percent. Yeah. But you know, I didn't know that at nine or eight, eight or nine years old. I just liked that she was a tomboy on television. But like, we didn't know anything. Do you remember a hundred million years ago, that guy, that cartoon that was like, exit stage, right? Of course. And that that? like, like in hindsight, tiger. it was it a tiger. I think he was a tiger. From Winnie the Um, Pooh? No. Exit stage left. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) Who is that guy? (laughs) What's wrong with us? Is it from Looney Tunes because he seemed he seemed gay. Yeah, but I didn't understand that he was gay until I was like forty. Right. <laughs> Snaggle, right. sna- well, there's Bert and Ernie too. The guy's name is Snagglepuss. Yeah, I knew Bert and Ernie were gay for sure. <laughs> Two puppets sharing a room, single beds. <laughs> you know for sure. So they're doing a reboot with the Muppets Generation Q. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great idea, by the way. By the way, there's the next project. Yeah. All right. What's the next one? Hi, um, my name is Lanny. I want to shout out my friend Jordan really quick who listens to your podcast as well. My question was, so I'm moving to LA soon and I just wanted to know, your guys' advice for finding queer friends or the best, like, lesbian scenes or hangouts or places to be to make queer friends in L.A. Thank you. I adore you, too. And, yeah, I hope you have a good day. Um, Allie, we get a lot of questions about where to meet girls. Oh, what's your, uh, what's your advice on that? Do you have anything you can bring to the table? Yeah, I totally meet a lot of girls in my house where I never leave. And I go downstairs sometimes and I look for girls and there are none except for my 13 year old daughter who is super loud and messy. So no, not a lot of uh, ladies hanging over at my house lately. But um, I, I mean, I, I think it's hard. I think I think the way the way people are meeting people is so drastically different than, you know, how even we knew each other. I mean, when, I when Kate and Leisha, mm-hmm. we'd, we'd go I mean, you had that girl night and uh, at, at clubs and we'd go there, we'd go to, you know, meet uh to dance and to make fun of other people dancing but um (laughs) but but i you know now it's all like like raya or or bumble or i mean help me out here i'm sure there's like a female female one that's well i think i'll help you out that's what we were hoping you might know but why why don't we do this why don't we create an app of women meeting women but they already exist 
but not endorsed not endorsed by Kate and Leisha, professional lesbians. The two, the two that don't know anything about online dating. Right. Exactly. Well, why should you? We need to maybe ask someone a lot younger than the three of us where people go. I mean, well, this is but what then I there's been the pandemic. So, yeah, there go. was there were a bunch of uh, lady bars. Uh, that shut down over the last like, 10 years. Well, the especially during <laughs> pandemic. Um, no, but pre-pando, they had the palms and wasn't there the Normandy room. And then this is, there you're used to be like so long ago. Well, Leisha, that's when I was out. There was like truck stop. What I don't know what that is, but yes, truck. Sure. That um, and 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 they all went away. This is pre-pandemic. They all shut down. And then people were doing like pop up parties. But the issue is, even if they exist, the pandemic shut it all down anyway. So I'm sure all of those parties of, you know, they're, what do they do, Zooms? Okay, let's, maybe we could make a promise to everyone that when these start back up and we hear about them, we'll let people we'll let know. You know. I mean, yeah. Because we'll be the first to know, clearly. <laughs> we got a finger on, our, on the pulse. Soon as we hear, you're going to be next in line to know. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Uh, my name is Allie. I'm 23 years old. I'm a teacher slash grad student from North Jersey. Um, and I need some advice. So in college, I was in a two-year-long secret relationship um, with one of my housemates. Do not recommend. Secret relationships never tend to end well. Um, I have firsthand experience with that. So it wasn't my idea to actually keep things secret. You know, in fact, from the beginning, I totally would have told people. I wanted to tell everybody. Um, it's just that she was not ready to come out. She couldn't tell her family. Her family's super religious, which I, you know, I totally understand. But she didn't want our friends to know. She didn't want her friends to know from home. So essentially, I was doing a lot of lying. Um, that just kind of weighed on me a lot. Um, our relationship was really toxic, very codependent. We were both at fault for a lot of things, but like in two years, like she never said she loved me back. She hated when I tried to hold her hand in public, like, you know, all of that. Um, you can imagine being secret. We literally only had each other to talk about our problems too. So very toxic situation. Um, we officially ended things a couple of months ago, but basically now she has a new girlfriend, which, you know, it's fine. But the thing is, is that she has been very out and about with this girlfriend um since we broke up like she came out to her parents and told all her friends about this new girl who she met and i i really want to be happy for her but i just feel kind of hurt and kind of resentful that she never did that for me um so my question is 
one, have either of you ever been in a secret relationship with another woman? Um, and two, do you have any advice for me in this situation? Um, I really don't want to have any negative feelings because I want her to just live her life and move on. And I want to live my life and move on. Um, but I do feel a little bit resentful. So any advice would be appreciated. Love you guys. Thank you so much for your content. Also random, but Kate, you and I share a birthday <laughs> on December 29th. So Capricorn gang. Um, Fellow okay, Capricorn, I'm so sorry. That's just a shitty hand that you got dealt. Yeah, it's like you were the guinea pig. Exactly. And then, and then she seemed to figure it out. The new girl gets all the glory. She figured it out. And then, yeah, and then the new girlfriend gets everything you desired. And I'm really sorry. I, there's no Me real too. answer. It's just the way... Well, how does she it handle it out? now? Because she doesn't want to hold the resentment, well, which I understand, because that's just going to hurt herself. I think you just have to, but I think you, part of it is acknowledging the resentment. Trying to deny it will just let it fester in you. You have to just acknowledge your feelings and process it and then move on. No, I just think this sort of thing is going to take a little time. I was going to say that, let me play devil's advocate, because I've I've had that situation happen to me in a very one of the one of my biggest re- relationships in my life uh when our relationship ended she came out in this much much grander way and she was with um the new person that she was with and they were walking the red carpet and they were you know holding hands and for me i was just sort of like in the background holding her purse um so i think what you have to remember though is that it's a coming out process and it's a process. So as much as it feels super personal, I, I let go of any resentment about it. I was hurt about it at the beginning. Um, but I, you have to let go of the resentment because people's coming out process is their own. And, uh, it's nice that she can get there. I'm sorry. It's not with you, Allie. And I love your name. Um, but, but, that's just the process when people are starting to come out they don't they can't find their feet beneath themselves until they're ready to walk so um i'm so sorry that happened to you and maybe it's just setting you up for a relationship you can't yet see that's around the corner right where you'll both be out and happy and proud together good answer ali that was really good ali well ali felt it she knew how to really answer it yeah she did so forget everything we said and just listen (laughs) Exactly. I like a third leg to this pants. I'm really into yeah. that. <laughs> you can't put your pants on without this extra leg. That's right. <laughs> hey, friends. My name is Archie. I'm from New York. I um, had my gay awakening to the L word. I used to watch it when my mom wasn't home. And as soon as she came home, I would change the channel. So thank you for that. Um, uh, my question for y'all is, do you believe in true love? Do you believe in true love? And if you do, what in your life has contributed to you believing in true love? Has it been examples of relationships that you've seen or characters that you've played? I'm just at a point where I feel like finding a partner is probably one of the more difficult things in my life. Just someone that really balances me. And I'm getting antsy and I'm like looking at all of these romance movies, these even just whatever movies that have these big bombastic love um, couples in it. And I am just like wondering if that's all true or if real love looks different. So I'd love to hear from you about that. Thanks. 
I want her to stop watching these like sweeping films thinking that's reality. And if it doesn't and if it doesn't match that level, then she's missing out on something. I feel like there's nothing more romantic than Leisha Haley's love story. My first girlfriend. It's the most romantic story in the world. My first girlfriend when I was 20 years old, we were together for almost five years. We broke up. I was only I mean, I was barely 25 years old. Um, I actually wasn't yet. And then we didn't really see each other for over. I mean, we saw each other every couple of years in the 20 odd years that we would run into each other, um, but didn't really speak or have a friendship. And we fell back in love like almost four years ago. If that's not a story of true love, I don't know what it is. I want to add my two cents in of when I met this ex-girlfriend when we were in Canada and we all happened to be staying at the same hotel and we were shooting the pilot and Leisha's like, oh my God, my ex is staying at this hotel. Oh my God. And she's freaking out. We all just met and it was Aaron, Leisha and I, and we wound up like running into her at the elevator, you know, like she was getting off. We were about to get on. Leisha's like, oh my God, that was my ex. Oh my God, that was my ex. And Aaron and I looked at her and it's like, she seems really cool. What's what happened? <laughs> and you got so pissed that we weren't like on that level with on you saying, like, oh my God, she's here. You shouldn't like her. Yeah. I can't believe so it. So ridiculous. I can't believe. We were like, she seems pretty cool. And when you would like end some relationship over the years, you'd say, oh, I just wish I could find someone like this first <laughs> girlfriend I had. I know. And she was, yeah, always my parents' favorite, my sister's favorite. You're know. living She's the dream, favorite. Quad. Well, listen, Quad. She's my I'm favorite. Lu- I'm lucky. <clears throat> I'm lucky. You are lucky. Both of you are lucky. Super lucky at love. So I believe in true love. That's my answer. But what's true love exactly? You know, you can have it more than once. You can, it's like you can be in love with more than one person. Sure, of course. Life. Of course. Allie, what do you say? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think Kate... Yeah, I mean, I think what Kate's saying is true that like you fall in love over and over and in the moment you're the most in love you've ever been. Um, But yeah, I Mm -hmm. do think there's, you know, I'm not too jaded to think that there's the one, you know, maybe there have been the ones, but uh, I, I, yeah, I'd love to think there's the one. Well, it kind of goes along with with, with saying, oh, do you believe in soulmates? Yeah, sure. But you can have more than one. Yeah. Just not at a time. Although a lot of a lot of people are down for that too. Well, that sounds really exhausting, and I don't know how you get anything else done in your life. But you can have more than one in your life. Sure, let's. We'll do one more. Hi, Kate and Lisa. My name is Mary, and um, I'm listening to your podcast as I drive up I-29 to Bellevue, Nebraska. And so I'm just curious, what is your guilty pleasure? Uh, what movie do you watch, despite how bad it may be, or whatever critics may say. Um, so just curious about that. And um, I'll say hi to your hometown when I'm up there here in an hour. So have a great day. Thank you. Allie, what's your guilty pleasure? I mean, honestly, I'm going to be really honest. I don't feel yeah. guilty about it at all, but people might think of it as a guilty pleasure is I, since day one, have watched Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Every episode, every day, every offshoot, Chloe and Kim take Manhattan, take Miami, take the Hamptons. I've watched the the little Jenner girls grow up into becoming millionaires and billionaires. I think that the show is has taught us. And we were talking about before. We've we were talking about representation, and to me, they have represented sisterhood, female entrepreneurship, um, a positive uh, aspect of uh, 
dating someone who has a different kind of body of interracial dating of transgender of uh they've explored drug addiction and recovery they have touched every point of what society looks like and so people might think of it as a guilty pleasure and yes i could teach a class in kardashian but i really do think it's a wonderful thing in terms of <laughs> representation given that whatever they're doing mental health and kanye stuff like every point of what we experience drug addiction with lamar i mean we have every way and how they approach it is always together as a family and i'm sorry i could talk about this ad nauseum i just do think that it's actually something that's really i know it seems like i should be guilty but i'm actually i know the people that watch the kardashians are wildly obsessed and passionate about it but not just because it's like you know reality tv i actually think it's so real that they end up showing solutions on it and yes there's a lot Mm. of like gaudy overspending and jets and all that stuff that's not what i'm interested in at the end of the day this is a family that comes together and takes care of their problems together and they mm. have problems that represent just like ours. They just fix them a little differently because they're so loaded. Right, right. Because <laughs> they're so loaded, is that what you said? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which Rolls Royce should I get? I have such a problem. <laughs> Not that part, but the part where they experience heartache and cheating and all those things that we all experience, but they just do it on a grander scale. All I, I feel like all I watch is guilty pleasure stuff. I mean, then I watch Mayor of Easttown to like, you know, because it's such, that's such great television. But um I mean, 90 Day Fiance. Fantastic. It's the, do you watch that too? I watch garbage upon garbage. I watch yes. the garbage of the garbage's children. I watch Below Deck. Yeah. I watch oh, Summer I, that, House. No, do you watch Alaskan? Wait, wait, wait. Do you watch Alaskan Bush People? Yes, Thank I you. do. Isn't that yes. it's a treasure? It's Incredible. a little treasure. It's incredible. <laughs> I love it. I still watch Jersey Shore sometimes if of I happen you to come do. upon it. Of even course. though, you know, it's like it should should have been over when it ended back in 2010. I still watch it. I understand. They're familiar love, folks to you. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I mean, I I'm obsessed with any and all murder shows. Like, I'm just like, what's my problem? That's what I like to watch. You're like the NBC Keith. What's his name? Shows Deadline. I love it all. Oh, is that what you are? You're, I love you're a deadline girl. Yeah, I love all of it. Trying Ugh. to solve it. There's a new one called uh, The Sons of Sam on Netflix. Did you see that? No, scary. Yeah. Did you see it, Leash? No, I haven't seen it yet. I saw it, though. You haven't watched it. Um, anyway, check it out. It's okay. Well. That was it. Allie, I mean, we would love to have you come back on Pants anytime. I'm available Which, as a guest host anytime. Okay. You are the perfect third leg in this pants structure. So come back. Uh, it would be my honor. I'm I'm very happy to be your friends and to be your third leg anytime. All right. We All love right, we're you. We're going to be in touch with you in a couple months. Love you, Allie. Awesome. Love you guys. Bye. Mwah. Thank you for listening to Pants, a podcast brought to you by myself, Kate Menig, and Leisha Haley. Produced by Melissa D. Montz. Please listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can follow Pants on Instagram at The Pants Pod. Theme song by Carolina Para of the band CSS and graphics are by Love Fox.